This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you're having a wonderful, relaxing Saturday afternoon. Uh, I hope you're doing something lots of fun and that it's springtime. I hope the weather is a lot better where you are than it is where I am. Um, it's April and we're still getting rain and quite a lot of it. Um, there's one thing you can count on in this world, it's Irish weather. It usually sucks. Um, but I hope you're having fun. Um, it's been another interesting week. Uh, we've got a We've got a jam-packed show that I want to get to today. I was been, I've been very sick the last couple of weeks, and you you probably noticed I wasn't around Easter, and I did a lot of research, and I want to share some of my findings with you today, and I want to talk to you about this election, because I I started touching on this last week, and it's a feeling I've had for the long for the longest time, is that this election will go down as one of the Waste, greatest wastes of opportunities that any election has had. There has been so little substance. There has been so little actual conversations about principles, about the Constitution, about taxes, about the economy, about ISIS. There have been taglines, there have been fancy 20-second bites, And I'm not attacking any candidate here, I'm saying across the board and across the media. The lack of substance that has been in this election is truly quite frightening. And that's only compounded by the fact that your problems that you face right now are so severe. They are, you can make an argument right now, you right now face more issues than at any other time in your history. Not only do you face more issues, but they are so, so significant. So today I want to delve into it. I want to share a few thoughts on on Donald Trump's supporters. Not him, but his supporters. But I want to start today's show by... I came across this article, I, I honestly can't remember how I came across this article, because, hand on heart, I don't know who this person is, but apparently she's some famous, famous producer, actress, something, uh, Lena, Lena, Lena Dunham, I don't know, I apologize ever how you pronounce your name, apparently she's the producer of a HBO series called Girls, if you know it, you know it, if you don't, you're like me, you haven't got a clue. And I was doing research for different things, and I came across this article. And uh, according to her, I, I, f- I found, I never heard of this woman before um, that I remember. And apparently she's a big Clinton supporter. And apparently according to her, if you're a white man, you have no idea what it's like to be attacked. And I read this and I read the whole statement that she said. And first of all, why in 2016 do we have to make it all about cults of personality and add all these adjectives on? If you're white, you have to bring in race, you have to bring in sex, 
can we not just talk about a person? She's making a point about Hillary Clinton and why she's supporting her. Um, that in her eyes, the way she has dealt with the the adversity and the attacks has been nothing but classy. She just keeps soldiering on it, was one of her quotes. If that's your opinion of Hillary Clinton, okay, fair enough. We're not going to agree on that. But why do we always have to make it about race and about personality and about their sex and their gender? Can we not just have an honest discussion? Second of all, why do we always have to have a scenario where we think our problems are so much greater than someone else's? That, oh, well, my problems, I face this adversity. And it's so much worse than the adversity you faced, if you even faced an adversity. Let me tell you something. By most definitions, I'm a man. By most definitions, I'm white. Um, I don't know, I might become Rachel Dozell or the male version of that one day. Um, you never know, stranger things have happened. Um, I can tell you firsthand, I know exactly what it's like to be attacked. I know exactly what it's like. I've been attacked my whole life. And I'm not saying this for sympathy or or for poor me. My attacks, the attacks I received when I was a kid, built an inherent strength inside me that I just get used to it. And it's made me the person I am. I self-deprecate a lot because it's just who I am. It's no fun. I would not choose my road for anyone. I was attacked from, in fact, probably about four years old. I wore glasses. I was overweight. I was bullied unmercifully at school. Um, I could tell you stories of bullying that would, maybe that's a, that's another whole other show. Fast forward to today, I get told on a regular basis, because of who I work with and connect with Glenn Beck, that he's not a real Christian and because I'm a real Christian or because I'm a Christian, I'm not a real one because I, I don't denounce Mormonism. I get attacked because apparently I'm racist. Mind you, that one seems to go by the wayside. I, don't, I haven't been called racist in a long time. I imagine in 2016 when Hillary's officially crowned, the nominee I'll all of a sudden become a sexist. I'm one of those Bible thumpers who talks about scripture a lot. I get told from people who are quote-unquote on my side and on against our side that I should talk about God less. I get attacked about my looks. I get attacked telling me I should mind my own business. I'm well used to attacks. But according to Lena, Lena Dunham or whatever, how you pronounce that lady's name, because I'm white and I'm a man, hey, I, I have no idea what it's like. Now, have there been some attacks on the Clintons? Sure. Absolutely. Have some of them been fair? Unfair? That's up for you all to decide. But there's a bigger point on this, and we've touched on this in previous shows. But it's a point worth recognising. And it upsets me from an American point of view. 
Today, we seem to want to draw this negativity of, oh, poor me. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I support Hillary Clinton because no one has to deal with what she has to deal with. And even if you're a man who has had to deal with stuff, you really don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to have that glass ceiling. I'm seeing all this poor me. You know, oh, I lost an election, so it had to be stolen from me. There's a glass ceiling, you know, we have to get Hillary elected just purely because, hey, we need the first woman president. I find this upsetting from, because it's more of a European socialist attitude to a, an American attitude. America used to be a country, and I still believe it is, that relished being the first. Can you imagine... Lena Dunham or whatever her name is, talking about all the families who did the expansion out west. Oh, it's so not fair. It's so hard. You know, I, I know you had to, you know, your farms in, in, in South Carolina and stuff, and you had many challenges. But my family, they expanded out west, and, 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 and they just put on a horse and trailer, and it just wasn't fair. You know, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what hardship is like. Is it not possible for both people to have hardships and to overcome obstacles? Why do we have to have this moral relativism that says, well, because of my situation, mine is so much harder than yours. Let me tell you something. Pretty much everyone in life has to overcome some obstacle. They really do. And this idea that we have to look down on other people and say, well, you don't know what it's like. And the other thing is about winning. America used to be a country about breaking glass ceilings. There was no limit. There was no limit on the individual. You could do anything you wanted. Can you imagine what the, you know, people like Neil Armstrong went through? You know, imagine if... Uh, 20, 30 years before Neil Armstrong actually got to the moon and said, hey, I'm going to go to the moon. Everyone would look at him and said, yeah, right. He broke through that glass ceiling. Barack Obama broke through a glass ceiling and became the first black president. If Hillary Clinton wins, she'll break through a glass ceiling because she'll become the first female president. If Ted Cruz wins, He'll become the first Hispanic president. But is this what you want to be about? Oh, I, I'm the first, first woman, first black, first Hispanic. Or do we want to be about more substance? How about actually getting elected? Nothing would make me prouder to have a female president who actually stood for real good things. Who actually understood the Constitution. Who actually understood why America is unique, who actually understood America's role in the world. There's a reason a lot of conservatives, depending on your worldview, admire to love Maggie Thatcher. Maggie Thatcher was loved, not because she was a woman, but because she was a strong woman who knew where she was 
knew her place in history and stood for principles and helped win the Cold War. That's who she was. She didn't get ahead because, well, hey, I need to break a glass ceiling. You know, you know, Britain needs a, a female prime minister. Now, if Maggie Thatcher was a man, she still would have been a great prime minister. Your sex doesn't matter. It's what your principles are. I wish America would get back to a point where you actually inspired people. And when you saw a situation where there wasn't a first, whether it's first female, first Hispanic, first black, you didn't use that to gain sympathy or gain poor me. Where you actually had a person who said, yeah, there's a glass ceiling, I'm going to smash through it, and I'm going to pave a way forward. But I'm going to do it the right way. There's a right way and a wrong way to deal with things. And on a short note, I'm not sure if you're all sports fans, but I want to give a big shout out and kudos. It was so refreshing to see the Masters last week and Jason Speed. That guy could have been so, so bitter. He could have ignored the media. He didn't. He could have said, stormed off and just said, you know what, I don't want to see anyone. I don't care about your presentation ceremony. I don't want to hand the green jacket off to the next winner. He didn't. He could have went on a Twitter tirade and said how he was it was stolen from him. He didn't. He handled it with class. And here's the funny thing. I read an interview with him afterwards. And I, I'm paraphrasing, but one of his last comments was, I'll be back next year. And I thought, how refreshing. That's an American that reminds me of the American dream and what the principles your nation was founded on. Yeah, I failed. We all fail at different times, no matter who you are. There isn't a person on this world who hasn't failed in some way, shape, or form. Our failures don't define us. It's how we respond that defines us. Do we give up? Do we become bitter? Do we lash out and become angry and hateful? Or do we go, you know what? I had a really bad day. I had it in the palm of my hand and I screwed up. But there's always next year. There's always tomorrow. I'll pick myself up. I'll dust myself off. And I'll be back to fight another day. Man. If that American spirit was just in 20% of your people today. Watch out. There's no shame in losing. The only shame I ever see is people failing to stand for what they know is morally right and doing nothing. I gotta take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> 
the founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I'm on Twitter or Facebook, at Freedom Disciple. If you search me up, give me a like, give me a follow, and interact. Tell me where you think I'm wrong on the show or leave a comment on SoundCloud. And I always try and reply as quickly as possible. Twitter is usually the best place to get me, though, because it's, it's easier to interact. So as I was saying... I kind of touched on briefly last week and this week. I was very sick a couple of weeks ago, had no energy, had no voice, uh, coughing and sneezing and all types of different flu, the man flu. And I wasn't mentally or physically able to to interact even with people. I just couldn't put a, a sentence together. I was just so sick and so tired and just just not in a good shape. And I wanted to do work, I wanted to do research, and it was actually a blessing in disguise because I went on to social media. And in, normally, when I go onto social media, I interact with everyone. If someone sends me a tweet or a message, I'll always reply, um, whether it's an insult or uh, an objective point or tell me where you disagree. Um, but when I go onto social media, it's it's always kind of interaction and when I was sick I just wasn't able for that and so I actually got and went on to certain groups I'm part of on Facebook and I saw people debating and there were people who were um, it was mainly in two camps that I saw uh, Donald Trump supporters and Ted Cruz supporters and I think it was one or two John Kasich fans and a few Bernie, quite a few Bernie fans, and that was it. And I watched the debates go back and forth. Um, of you know, you got to vote for Ted Cruz, you got to vote for Donald Trump, you got to vote for Bernie Sanders, and people trying to get their points across. And I noticed a couple of things, and I had a few observations I want to share with you. And the biggest observation I had. And I've been trying to see how the best way to say this, because I don't want this to be an insult. I don't want this to be a slam. I want this to be an honest discussion with Donald Trump supporters. These are some of the observations I had watching 
many debates online. And quite simply put, Donald Trump is not the problem. I know a lot of people want to say he is. Donald Trump, there are a lot of people now getting on board the Never Trump bandwagon, including my boss Glenn Beck, and some people I admire like Mark Levin. Donald Trump is not the problem today. He is the symptom of a much, much bigger problem. Let me explain. When I watched the debates, first of all, logic seems to go out the window. Principles have gone out the window. We now only talk policies. And when we talk policies, we don't actually even talk policies of whether they're good or bad. We talk policies through a prism of our own opinion of what's possible. I saw mainly Ted Cruz supporters engage Donald Trump supporters and talk to them, some in a good way, some in a bad way, asking him, asking them about, hey, mention, not mentioning Donald Trump's name, what about healthcare? Do we believe in government that run healthcare? Is the problem with Obamacare, it was Obama did it, but a Trump care will be totally fine when he says we the government's got to look after everyone? When they talk to the supporters on things like eminent domain, democratic donations, even the, the donations that he made to the GOP, they were hardly to conservatives. I saw them raise issues like, do you think he's classy enough? Do you think he represents the American people? Do you think he represents the American people where he's never wrong? It's always someone else's fault. And all I saw was excuses to not defending it or saying that he actually doesn't believe this. It was more a case of the more the Ted Cruz, the Bernie Sanders, the John Kasich, one or two people argued with them, the more they loved their person, the more they loved Donald Trump. It's almost like logic and principles has gone out the window. And the sole criteria that seems to vote for Donald Trump, again, I will put my hands up and say, this is a small sample size. These are maybe two, maybe 100, 150 debates with a couple, maybe a couple of hundred people I saw over a week. So it's a very small sample size. But the biggest criteria to vote that I saw for Donald Trump was, he's an outsider. He's not a politician. It seems logic, principles have just been put on the side. We're now voting for a person purely because he's an outsider. My principal question to those people who follow that line of thinking, and I ask this with the greatest respect, how are you different to Hillary Clinton voters? There was a reason I brought up Lena Dunham, or whatever that girl's name is. I apologize for pronouncing your name wrong. I've never heard of you. 
But her sole criteria is Hillary's a woman. How are you different if you're solely voting for someone? Not because of what they believe, not because of what they'll do, but because they're an outsider. And you believe he would shake up Washington. I'll come back to that point in a minute about forbidden fruit. The other thing I realized is, and this is not a problem with Donald Trump, more he's the symptom, is it's the culture America has become. I would ask you just to think over this weekend, if you were an outsider, a non-American, hey, you know what, because we discussed them a couple of weeks ago, you're Karl Marx. Or Carla Marx, if you're a woman. And he said, that evil empire, that Western way of life, we need to destroy it. And you knew what Abraham Lincoln said, and you believed it. You said that America will never be destroyed from the outside, but it will be destroyed from in the forces within inside America. How would you do it? Well, in 2016, a perfect storm has arisen. And Donald Trump is not that storm. He is merely a symptom of that storm. Let me explain. In 2016, can you name one body or part of your economy or your way of life that has any credibility or confidence? Look at the White House. The White House is a joke. It's a joke because you have a person in there who is becoming more radical day by day, who is taking pictures of himself in front of Che Guevara, who is talking to young people and saying, just do what works. You have a president that for the longest time has spit on, stomped on, and pretty much push petrol and a torch to the Constitution by saying, I have a pen and I have a phone. Your White House has no confidence. Look at Congress. Look at the history of the approval ratings. Go to Gallup or Rasmussen and look at the poll over, over. I'm not talking over the last couple of weeks. I'm talking since 2010. Congress's approval rating hasn't hit 20. Hasn't hit 30 in a long, long time. Look at the Supreme Court. How many people actually believe the Supreme Court has any credibility anymore? How many people actually believe the Supreme Court isn't a rubber stamp for the president and also isn't filled with judicial activists who will make legislation themselves if they have to? How many people actually believe that nine people in fancy robes can be the moral arbiter for society of 330 million? But that's just government. That's just a failure of government. The credibility goes so much further. 
Look at the mainstream media. Look at Fox News. Look at MSNBC, ABC. What credibility or confidence do you get from them? The mask has been ripped off. Even go to online media. Look at Drudge Report. Look at Breitbart. Look at what these sites have become. There is no media anymore in many ways. It's all opinion. And does it reflect your values? Just look at Drudge. Again, you don't have to like my boss or you don't have to agree with him. You don't have to like who he's endorsed for president. But are you okay living in a society or does the society represent you that openly mocks God and mocks people for fasting? Is that the world, is that the America that represents you? But let's go to the private sector, shall we? What industry inspires confidence? I'm a big space guy, so when I was growing up, I used to, and I didn't get as much because information wasn't as free-flowing back when I was growing up. But the industry that always had credibility was NASA. Even through the mistakes it made, that view of a better tomorrow and we're going to explore, that, that, that dreaming of that adventure was incredible. But what industry today has any credibility? Look at banks. Do banks inspire credibility to you? Do they think, yeah, we're, we're for you. We're for the, the people we serve. Look at businesses. Look at the name and the credibility capitalism has. I see people on all sides, left, right, and up and down, talk about capitalism. And I have to be brutally honest. There are very few people who talk about capitalism who share the views on capitalism I have. Whether it's through winning and extreme wealth, or whether it's through we need a fairer society, or whether we need the, the Chamber of Commerce telling us what's right and wrong. None of these people share my view of capitalism. And what I would say is the old school traditional capitalism and free markets. We now have people who all of a sudden don't see the downside or don't understand the trade war. Who don't see a problem with throwing a 40% tax on something. No business has credibility. Heck, from a left wing point of view, not even the unions have credibility. You look at union membership, it's down and quite badly down. So what has credibility today? What has confidence? But what is big in society today? Well, I'll answer that question right after this break. Stick with me, America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
Sexton. I was thinking about how it would be fun to have a Freedom Hut mascot. Um, and at least that was my excuse yesterday for when I found myself downtown in Manhattan. In this one stretch of Manhattan where there's like a couple of puppy stores. Now I know, it's where everyone goes, don't go to a puppy store, it's puppy mills and you should adopt. And uh, Yeah, I wasn't doing it, I just was looking at it, okay? I'm not part of the problem if I just look, alright? Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. So in the last segment, I said no industry. It is a perfect storm. No industry has credibility or confidence really today if i'm wrong please tweet me and tell me where you think i'm wrong what industry does have credibility or leave a comment on on soundcloud or itunes there's no credibility in my eyes in the congress in the white house and the supreme court in the media whether it's mainstream media or online media the banks big business small business unions but what does have some credibility? What what has come part of your culture that everyone seems to love today, bar quite a few? But it's it's a genre that's taken over in many aspects. Reality TV. Now I don't get a lot of American shows, and um, been in Ireland, um. If you watch some of these reality TV shows, you can tell me whether I'm lucky or not lucky. But also, I don't get to watch much TV. But I went Googling, and I've heard of some of these, but I I, I don't know the the storylines. Um, so, so these are some of the reality TV shows I've came across. Jersey Shore. X Factor. American Idol. I've heard of them. Survivor, America's Next Top Model. Well, I'm guessing that's something to do with model agencies. Bachelor and Bachelorette, The Apprentice. I have watched that, and I'm actually currently watching that, and it's actually pretty good. Donald Trump does a very, very good job. In this, I'm watching. I think it's two or three years old, The Celebrity Apprentice, and you know you can see he's very good. Big Brothers, Teen Mom. That just shouts out American exceptionalism right there. Dancing with the Stars and The Biggest Loser. There are countless others. And of course, the show everyone knows and everyone loves, because apparently it's so super, never watched an episode and never will. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Now this is an industry and part of your culture that has become ingrained. Do you want proof? Well, I remember the old days, and this is a show I actually used to love when it was on, the Jay Leno show. And he'd go out and talk and ask these people questions, you know, in, in L.A., and sometimes the tourists would do a lot better than American citizens. But you look at MRC today, or you look at Louder with Crowder, and you see all these videos of college students, of people and asking questions sometimes ridiculously stupid questions 
Like, who was Washington, D.C. named after? Um, like, even if you're totally stupid, a guy called Washington would be somewhat logical of an answer. I heard some answer, I remember, I think it was the MRC did this one, and someone said, who's Washington, D.C. named after? Uh, Abe Lincoln. Come on. Use a bit of logic. You know, you don't have to be smart, just use some logic. Hmm, Abe Lincoln. Let's name the capital after him. I know, let's call it Washington. But I'm going to ask a tricky question. A question I view far more importantly than... Who is the capital of D.C. named after? How many people of all ages, I'm not going to target young people or old people or educated or uneducated. How many Americans today can tell me how many protections are in the First Amendment? You don't even have to name them. But how many protections are in the First Amendment? Heck. How many people could tell me what the first protection is in the First Amendment? How many do you think that is? I'd love to know your answers in the left side of your head. But then you go to those younger people or the middle-aged people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Hey, who got eliminated on The Bachelor last night? Oh, that was Joe Bloggs. He, he did something stupid or... Who got eliminated on The Apprentice? Oh, he, he, he did this. It was some tagline and the boss didn't like it and Donald Trump fired him. Or, did you see what happened on The Cardassians last night? I'm going to pick a name. Like, um, What's your one's name? Oh, God, I should do research before I go. Blank. The one that's married to Kanye West. Whatever. Did you see what she did on The Cardassians last night? Oh, I did. Did you see what she was wearing? Everyone would know. First Amendment? Hmm. I'm going to say I don't know. There's, well, yeah, one right in the First Amendment, two, three, four, five. Heck, there could be ten. That's the culture you're living in. You live in that culture where. Reality TV has all of a sudden gained that bit of credibility. And someone looking in the camera and saying something is true. These are some of the problems that I think has happened. And that makes Donald Trump a symptom of your society. Because you watch The Celebrity Apprentice. And you see him carefully in the in the, the show that you see. You don't ever get to see the edited parts. See him breaking down what team did what and who, who was responsible and who came up with the ideas and nailing down who was truly responsible for the losing team's loss. And then listening to them and asking them probing questions and then at all at the end going, you, you're fired. That has a lot of credibility. And this is not an attack on Donald Trump. This is a an outsider looking in going, this is what I see. 
Is this what you see? And is this what you want to be? Do you want to actually debate what's happening in your country? And debate on principles, not policies. Debate on principles and substance, not cults of personality. Not a left versus right. If you've listened to me for a while and you've listened to these shows, you know at different times, different quotes speak to me. And I'm going to share a quote with you right now from a Democrat, which just won't leave me. And that Democrat is John F. Kennedy. Let us not seek the Republican answer, nor the Democratic answer. Let us seek the real answer, the American answer. But I want to go one step further. I want to go one step further to Trump supporters. Because, and this is also focused on Ted Cruz supporters. I've had one fear for quite a while. And if you watch my interview on Glenn Beck in January, I shared it with him because he was interested in my opinion. My biggest fear for this election is, is you get your guy or girl. And let's just focus on the right. You get your guy. Donald Trump is the guy and he is the president or Ted Cruz is the guy and he's president. That conservatives or Tea Party people and, and Americans will just wipe their hands and go, job done. It seems many today from looking at the way they interact with people. They want the quick fix. They have growing, grown tired of the day-to-day -day grind. And people just seem to want to elect someone to get into that White House. And they seem to think in the back of their mind that when you elect them into the White House, they have a magic wand. And poof, all things are going to be solved. I'm seeing this on all sides. And I don't want to focus in on, I don't want to make this personal. But it seems to me today, there are many on the right, quote unquote, who either don't believe or have forgotten your founding principles. You don't believe they work anymore. You have bought the spin line from the left that says the Constitution, it's old, it's antiquated, it's out of date. You have succumbed to the level that the Democrats have sold you for so long in the media. That the Constitution can't solve anything. That you as an individual can't solve anything. Sure, you can play your little pot role and your little part in your little community. But you need me. You need me, the politician, to do things for you. Me, the politician, I'm the one who can really solve all your problems. And the reason I think so many people on the right have fallen for this line is because there are so many on the right who are selling this line today. The amount of quote-unquote actual conservatives who will actually say, hey, you're the solution to America's problems, 
How many Republicans who are running both in the presidency and in congressional races across the country are actually truly, not only going to say that, but actually truly believe it? You know, it's popular now. Even John McCain would say in an election, hey, you know, well, we're going we're gonna to reduce the size of government. No, you're not. The GOP has been just as bad as the left at growing government over the last 16 years. The likes of Mitch McConnell, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, John Boehner, Paul Ryan. All these people, they're great at growing government and solving problems. And sure, hey, if there isn't a problem to solve, we'll just make one. And lastly, I think a lot of people have lost hope. Have lost hope in themselves, have lost hope in the Constitution, have lost hope in your values, in God, in each other. And that's truly troubling. And I don't have the solutions to that. I have hope, but my hope doesn't come from an election result. You know, I'm watching people on the right, both Ted Cruz supporters and Donald Trump supporters, as they do in every election. They're bringing Reagan back. You know the problem when you look to bring someone back? Encores are never as good. But the problem is, when you put on a set of glasses, we want the Reagan recovery, we want the Reagan economy back, we want the Reagan days back. You might get another hero. And you that person will just Stroll on by and you'll have missed them because you're looking for Reagan. Let me give you some examples. For me, again, if you've listened to this show for a while, this won't come as a shock to you. For me, the best person that ever lived was Jesus Christ. And pushing him to the limit, the best person apart from Jesus Christ to ever live is George Washington. If you love the founding fathers and the Constitution, you're going, do you know what America needs right now? America just needs George Washington to come back. We just need George Washington, man. His credibility, his principles, his calmness. He's just brilliant. Well, guess what? If you're looking for George Washington and you have your George Washington glasses on, Abe Lincoln is going to go strolling on by because you won't see him because, well, he's not George Washington. And if you think Abe Lincoln is the greatest president because of everything he did and won the Civil War, and you have your Abe Lincoln glasses on, well, guess what? Calvin Coolidge just strolled on by and you didn't see him. Because, hey, you were looking for Abe Lincoln. And if you happen to be one of the few, because you have rewritten your history so much and the left has rewritten your history, I never see conservatives, they're very in the minority, who actually know about Calvin Coolidge, 
let alone actually revere the man. If you've got your Calvin Coolidge glasses on, guess what? John F. Kennedy just went strolling on by. And if you've got your JFK glasses on, guess what? Ronald Reagan just walked on by and you missed him. Don't put on glasses and say, we need this person. Because the new hero, you will never find them to hold up, to support, to embrace. If you're putting on another person, if you're looking for the next Reagan or the next Lincoln or the next Washington. And secondly, America has never been a country that has looked backwards. You have never, ever been that country. You never were. Well, if we could just go back to 10 years ago, everything would be swell. America has been built on looking forward. On having that hope and that belief. And maybe the problem is you haven't got that hope anymore. But that belief that tomorrow really will be a brighter day. That tomorrow, and for my kids and our, my grandkids, they will have a brighter future. Maybe that's the lack of hope and that's caused the problems. But going backwards won't solve anything. Let us look to tomorrow. And let us work and pray. And if you feel up to it, fast for that better tomorrow. And let's make it happen. I got to take one last quick break, America. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin. We're going to soon reach a moment in American history where the people don't like the outcome of a private ballot. We're going to have a new federal law that says all votes from now on will be caucus votes, including your vote for president. You'll have to stand up, state your name, state your vote in public so that your neighbors know who you are. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope uh, you've enjoyed today's show and it's given you some food for thought this weekend. I want to finish up today's show by just making two final points about what I've noticed. And I'm not making a judgment against anyone, I'm just giving you what I see. If you're happy with everything that's in going on, then by all means, go right ahead. Continue on the journey you're on. And I'm not here to tell you the way I think you should act. I'm here to share my love for your country. Highlight what I see is wrong. And then ask you the question, do you want to change it or do you want to stay the same? If you stay the same, I'm not going to make you my enemy or I'm not going to demean you. I'll just, we'll part friends. 
my two last thoughts are there are two people on the right in the GOP race, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. And I don't want to talk about either one. I want to talk about their supporters. Earlier on when I started talking about Donald Trump and saying he's a symptom, not a problem. I talked about him being like a forbidden fruit. The more people argue and make arguments, rational and irrational, against him, principled and unprincipled against him, that the more people seem to love him. And there seems to be a lot of conservatives who are saying that if he wins, he'll never vote for him, and if he wins, he's going to be a nightmare. I don't like Donald Trump as a candidate. I don't share any of his values. I don't share any of his principles. And I don't like the way he acts. My thought, final thought on Donald Trump is, and it's not on him, it's on his supporters. If he wins this nomination and he gets elected, I hope I'm wrong. And he turns out to be the greatest president of all time. I truly do, for the right reasons. However, if I'm wrong, or if I'm right, and people who share my views of America are right, I fear for how, for his supporters. Because I think America is so divided right now that if, he did get elected and he was a nightmare. And what people have warned about him came true. That a lot of his supporters would leave. And how they would be dealt with is something I fear. I think a lot of people are so angry right now on all sides. That a lot of people will say, of course he is, I told you that. I could have told you that two years ago. Three years ago. What did you expect? Did you not do your homework? And would push them right back to Donald Trump. Because they will be made feel so bad. I think it's a question people need to ask themselves. What happens when you make a mistake? How do you want to be dealt with? Because if the people who vote against Donald Trump act negatively, you will only further divide your country. My second and last point today is when I watched everyone debate, and this is on all sides, this is not attacking a certain candidate, on all sides, I only ever wanted to, I found myself wanting to ask one question privately to each of the people I watched. And I'll ask you this question today to think about over the weekend or over the next couple of weeks. The one question I wanted to ask people privately was go reread what you wrote and how you argued and ask yourself honestly.
if you weren't a Trump supporter, would you be after the way you spoke to them? Or would you be a Cruz supporter after the way you spoke to that person? Do you really sell your point? Or is it always a confrontation? Does it always have to end in, well, we can't agree to disagree, so I'm going to demean and insult you? It seems to me that there are many on the right today who are just so enlightened, just so smart. They just get it. They just think they know everything. They know everything on tax policy, to healthcare, to ISIS, to immigration. They just know everything about every issue. And if you're not as smart to them or as you don't pay as much attention to them, well, then you are stupid and you need to be demeaned and insulted. I think one of the problems is, first, the education. But secondly, we don't ever explain our values anymore. Our values and our principles. We go from pillar to post, from election to election to election to election. We never seem to have a pause where we can actually talk and hammer out some principles that we agree on. It always seems to be a confrontation. It never seems to be a, an honest debate. And where we are debating not to change each other's minds to, to the right opinion. But to find the common ground and to find what is the principal answer. It seems to me today, let me ask you this last question. If you're walking down the road, and again I apologize for people as a noise because I'll talk about God for a minute. But if you're walking down the road and you meet an atheist, do you just automatically go, oh, you're an atheist, you're stupid, you're just not enlightened, you're crap, you're just so stupid. Like, There's only certain words I can say on air. You should be just, just cast aside. You just haven't got it. Because you don't understand God. Or would you go to that person and go, hmm, you ever read the Bible? Then make a decision because there are quite a few people, especially today, young people, who haven't read the Constitution. Instead of demeaning and insulting them, how about we try and offer them and give them a guiding hand and, and hold our hand on the way of that journey? But getting back to the example I gave, hey, did you ever do you ever hear of God? Do you ever hear of Jesus? Do you ever talk to him about them? And we also have such need for instant gratification. We want things now. When we debate on social media, it's like, especially on Twitter. Twitter, you have 140 characters. I'm going to send you two, three, four tweets, and I'm going to just rewrite everything in your whole life experiences and all your emotions and your family traditions, and you're going to see things my way. It doesn't work that way. It's not like switching on a light bulb where you have 
the secret formula in Twitter or Facebook or the way you deal with people that just puts on a light and all of a sudden a little light bulb goes off in their head and goes, Ooh, yeah, Constitution is right. It's the greatest document of all time. Limited government, less taxes. Huh. It takes time. It takes effort. I don't know, maybe I'm just spitballing here. But maybe, maybe if we try and become better people and not seek to always demean others, we might have a chance. And maybe if we start selling the good news of, of God, of Jesus, of the Constitution, of America, there isn't few greater stories of good news than the history of America. There are few better parts of good news than the Constitution. It rewrote how the world existed. These are the things that makes you exceptional. Maybe if we just started speaking about the good news and sharing it, and not seeking to get people to vote for our candidate, we might actually have a chance. I don't know. What are your thoughts, America? As always, I finish up this show by saluting the real heroes in society. No, they are not people with numbers on a jersey. No, they didn't hold a put at the Masters last Sunday. The real heroes, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets true heroes and lastly i salute you the great american people start spreading the good news america there's plenty to spread and we need to start doing it now god bless you and god bless america this is freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network